Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We observe today not a victory of party, but a celebration of freedom. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. The human zoo, where they don't hide away the sick animals. Dangerous mid-morning debate with the great dictator. The independent republic of Mike Graham. It's time to attend you when I'm talking to you! On Talk Radio. Dismiss! Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. It's a dark day when you have to lock up children, when you have to listen to infants calling for their mummies and daddies, when your country gives up all semblance of compassion and creates prisons for the underage and vulnerable. But this, ladies and gentlemen, is precisely what the United States of America is currently doing. President Donald Trump is once again dividing the nation as his supporters accuse the children of being actors and his detractors accuse him of acting like a fascist dictator. It's all the more prescient because he's coming here in just three weeks' time. And if he hasn't solved the immigration policy problem by then he'll be facing even bigger demos than he would have anyway and guess what i might be joining them whatever you think of him this is wrong-headed cruel and quite frankly disgusting and it has to stop no civilized country has any business locking up children in this way for whatever reason 0344 499 i'm joined this morning by julia bradbury and coming up we'll be asking if monty python was actually funny and why your food tastes better if it is brought to you by someone who's very attractive 0344 499 you'll listen to me mike graham and Julia Bradbury on Talk Radio. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. This is Talk Radio. I'm Mike Graham. Uh, Julia Bradbury is here as well. This is the Independent Republic. Of course, you know the number 03444991000. Donald Trump's coming here in July. There were already going to be mass protests against his visit, which I was very much against. However, I'd have to say, uh, if in fact this policy of locking up kids in cages continues, I would imagine that uh, there'll be a lot more people demonstrating, and I think uh, with pretty good reason. Some bizarre uh, sort of things to report around this story. Apparently, uh, I've just retweeted a Talk Radio tweet about protesters heckling. U.S. Homeland Security Secretary Kirsten Nielsen at a restaurant in Washington, D.C. The trick to that, of course, is that, guess what? It was a Mexican restaurant she was dining in. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. You really can't. Let's talk to Sean, who's in Gospel. Hello, Sean. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Julia. Good morning. morning. What do you want to say, Sean? Um, Just before I start on Trump, I just want to thank Julia for her walking show. Me and my partner went down to the Seven Sisters a a few months ago. It was fantastic. So um, thank you very much. Oh, excellent. Good. Please do enjoy it. Well, I mean, I have said to her, and I've promised not to say this on the air, but I'm going to now, that she has been referred to previously in other uh, media uh, as the walking man's crumpet. (laughs) <laughs> no, it, it, it was a really, really good show, and, and we we really enjoyed the walk. So, oh, yeah, so sure. thank you very much for the idea. Excellent. Good stuff. Well, like, always, always. It is a beautiful uh, part of the world down there, by the way. Gorgeous. Seven well, always happy to inspire, and uh, that's the wonderful thing about uh, the walks uh, when they're shown is lots of people get in contact saying, "Oh, thank you so much. I'd never heard of that place before, yeah. and really enjoyed, yeah. uh, really enjoyed well, the experience." Well, we must talk about that a little we'll bit talk about later, that later on. Sean, tell us what you think about Trump. 
Yeah, I mean, the Trump story kind of been breaking over the last couple of days, but I, I, he, for me, he said in his campaign trial, he repeatedly said that he was going to be tough on migration, and, and that was whether it was going to be legal or illegal migration. So in a way, I'm kind of sympathetic because he's delivering on what he said he was going to do. However... Yeah, but I think I think it's one. But it's one. Hang on, Sean. It's one thing to say he's delivering on what he said he was going to do. He never said he was going to lock up children. I don't think he'd get elected on that. No, I don't. I would agree with you. I don't think he directly said he was going to stick kids in cages and um, that there would be beds and all this other stuff in Walmart stores. But there there was a guy on CNN. I don't know whether it was last night or the night before. a, A border patrol agent called Chris Cabrera, and he was saying that this has been going on for nearly four years. So it, it's, it's not a new problem. And, and my question to the sort of Guardian Easter left Owen Jones types who were meeting up for these protests is where was your outrage when Obama was doing this? What, what, why were you so quiet? Well, I'm sorry, then? Sean, I don't buy that argument because Obama was not doing it, OK? If, if Obama had been doing it, there would have been reports of it. You know, you I may, may be obsessed with the fact that the media are sort of some, you know, cabal of left-wing thinkers. They're not, and I'm certainly not one of them. And if I'd known about children being locked up on the border with Mexico, I would have found out about it and I would have reported on it and I would have done it. And it's got nothing to do with politics. And this is what really irks me about the way we now are con- conduct ourselves in arguments about political matters. It's nothing to do with whether it was Obama that started it or whether it was Trump that started it. The fact is, it's going on right now he can stop it and he should i i agree with you but the fact that it's been going on for so long is well you say that i don't believe that sean what's your as your evidence for that chris, chris cabrera was on cnn it was either last night or the who was on it talking, a guy called chris cabrera who's a border patrol agent for the united states he was on cnn you, you didn't actually YouTube see it though video. Yes, I've seen the video. I've seen the interview. Uh-huh. It's been, you know, unfortunately, it's only been viewed about 60,000 times. Yeah, well, I mean, I've seen Ann Coulter on Fox News saying that all these kids are acting. You know, it means nothing. Well, and the American media is in a mess, Sean. You can't believe any of it. Well, I'd, I'd take the word of a patrol guard, certainly. I, I certainly wouldn't take the word of Ann Coulter, that's for sure. But I, wonder, Sean, who, I wonder, Sean, did the... Who, hang on a minute. Somebody who works on the border is saying that this has been going on for four years. And this is my whole point, is that there's an outrage in this country about what Trump's doing. Where was your outrage when Obama was doing no, it? No, he wasn't He's doing it, Sean. I, I mean, where's the video of, of, of these kids being locked up under Obama's watch? There isn't any. I, I would argue it's probably been kept under wraps. Oh, don't talk rubbish. I'd be interested, Sean. I, I, I would be interested. Uh, there's obviously no question that there has been um, active an active immigration policy, uh, as there has been in this country uh, for for many many years. But I don't know that we have witnessed. Well, I'm sure we haven't witnessed scenes like this before. The actual separation of young minors, children from their parents, and that's that's the real nub of this outrage right now, isn't it? It's it's the children being separated from their parents. It's those videos. Uh, it's the the sound recordings of the calls for mummy and daddy that have irked the world. Yeah, of course, and that is the problem. And if you believe, Sean, I don't believe you to be a stupid man, but if you believe that the media have kept something from you because they support Barack Obama, then you are up a gum tree without a paddle, mate. I'm not necessarily saying it's just the media, Mike. I think there are people in political circles with the radio. You can't that. do that. We don't. And it's not. It's not North Korea we live in, right? America, for all of its faults, is an open and democratic country, and the media, of of whom there are many good people, will go and find stories and report on them. You know, nobody's protecting the president because they like him. 
It's a, it's a narrative that people trot out, and it's complete and utter cobblers. But essentially, Mike, that leaves us in a position where we're calling this guy who was on CNN the, the guy. Who well, I don't know who he is. I don't know. I don't know who he is. I didn't see it. I'm taking your word for it. I don't know uh, whether I should. But you know, the fact that he says it's going on may be uh, a load of rubbish as well. He may have some political agenda. I just don't know. That's why I'm saying. If I was investigating the story, I would talk to border guards. I would find out if it was true. I would ask for evidence. I would go. I wouldn't just go on somebody's say-so. That's not how you do the media. It, I think it's worth you watching the video because, I mean, I don't... Well, maybe I will, but I've got a radio show to do it. in the meantime. No, <laughs> I get that. But, like I said, it's worth people being aware of that this has been going on for a long time. No, 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 All right, no, you Sean. guys, I'm going to interject no. because you could go back and forth forever about this. Sean, do you think that we should be... Is welcoming the right word? Uh, but I'll, I'll use it for now. Should we be welcoming Trump to uh, the UK in three weeks' time? If he comes, he might have a Twitter outrage and he might suddenly stop. No, not happening. We'll, we'll not Great be getting news. on Air Force One. Air Force One closed. Bad news, bad news. Um, but <laughs> if he does decide to come, um, well, sh- should we? Should we engage I with him? I think we should disinvite him. That's what I think. No, I, I don't think that's the right move. Um, I think that would be buying into the people who don't want him to be here, their sort of agenda on things. Well, how about this? I should have a better idea, Sean. When he arrives at Heathrow, just uh, lead him through a doorway into a cage and let him sit in that for a couple of days and see how he likes it. Or separate him from his wife. Well, I don't think she'd object to that. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe give him a nice cup of tea as well. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly right. Sean, great call. Thank you very much indeed uh, for calling. This is the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. Julia Bradbury is here and I've got Simon uh, sending this in from uh, uh, Twitter at uh, Talk Radio. Julia Bradbury is great, he says. Oh, well, there we go. Obviously, the man's very... um a very bright individual. Yes, he's obviously incredibly intelligent, clearly. Yeah. Uh, rather like the head of comedy at the BBC, uh, who I don't know whether you know, because you've worked uh, at the BBC, of course, uh, for, for much more uh, times than I have in terms of your television experience, because, uh, of course, you were very famous for being on Country File. Country Foil. used to be a show I watched quite a lot on Sunday nights, but I don't seem to watch it quite so much That's anymore. That's because I've left Maybe now. Maybe it's because you're not on it. Yeah, exactly. And I didn't really realise that was the case. But listen, we're going to talk now to Mike Ward, TV writer and critic uh, for The Daily Star, because the head of BBC comedy, a guy called Shane Allen, has come out and said that basically Monty Python would never now get on the BBC, would never be commissioned because it's got six Oxbridge blokes who are all white. Doesn't surprise me, really. Mike, a very good uh, morning to you. Welcome. Hi, Mike. Hi, Julia. How's it going? Good, thank you. Yeah, not too bad. I mean, it doesn't surprise me, really, that this comic come out and say something like this, but, I mean, is it a bit of a, um, a sort of a shock? Is it, uh, is it, uh, are we missing out on great comedy because of this attitude, I suppose, is my I, question. Well, I think my feeling is, I mean, this is all about the whole diversity drive, and this is, the BBC have, have got this as their sort of number one objective in, in seemingly in every department in every respect. Mm. You know, I think most, most rational, balanced people understand the need to recognise what the BBC is trying to do here, and I don't have an issue with that on any level at all. But I just think somehow this feels like a whole bit of, you know, virtue signalling on the part of the, the BBC. So look at us, look at what we're doing. And um, possibly based on a guilt trip of you know that goes back generations to feel as if the, the, you know, the balance that we have at the moment, or we've had over the last few decades is the result of the BBC being run by the sort of people who commissioned stuff in the, under, by slightly different values than yeah. the ones it wants to apply now. So you know, I just feel, oh, just get on with it and stop banging on about this. I, I don't have a problem with who makes me laugh as long as they make me laugh. But I, I imagine a scene, and I don't know whether this is true, and Julia, you might be able to tell me whether it is true, 
of a, of a, of a room full of, of people, presumably not just middle-aged white men, although there are still a surprising number of them at uh, the BBC. Everywhere. Sitting there saying, well, everywhere, yeah, but, but, but they're not supposed to be at the BBC is what I'm saying. The point is, is that they're all sitting there when somebody says, oh, we've got this great idea for a new comedy show, and they start asking, you know, who's written it, who's in it, you know, who would be cast? You know, are there enough diverse uh, types in the in the uh, uh, in in the plot lines? You know, and all of that. And you get the sense that every single show that they commission, not just comedy, goes through that particular process. It's interesting as well because um, uh, Mr. Allen is also saying that the Peep Show wouldn't mm. have been uh, wouldn't have been commissioned right. today as well mm. because you've got to you know David Mitchell, Robert Webb, members of the Footlights uh, comedy group at Cambridge. Right. So that wouldn't wouldn't yeah. be commissioned today. And, as well. that, and was, yet, that arguably, wasn't the BBC that, show, was no, it? No, it wasn't the BBC show. But arguably that was uh, quite forward thinking. Yeah. The way it was shot was different. Yeah. Um, the way it approached comedy was yeah. very different, say to Monty Python. Um, but the commissioning process is a weird one, and you might think that it's democratic in some way. It isn't. At the right. end of the day, um, having pitched many, many television shows and, and met many, many commissioners over the years, it is. It's very much about your connections. It's not about who you who you know, but it is. It's about relationships yeah. that you've built up over years, as it is in right. all of our. So they're our, not going to be commissioning shows from, say, for example, unknown people from, shall we say, very unmiddle class backgrounds who are not involved very much in comedy. I don't know whether the middle class backgrounds got anything to do with it, but for an unknown person to get any show commissioned on any channel is incredibly difficult. For a well known person to get any mm. new commission uh, on any of the uh, terrestrial uh, broadcasters is an incredibly difficult. Right. Process. It's really hard to to, to cut through. Yeah. Um, so for minority uh, unknown um, talents to try and uh, get through to any commissioner and broadcaster is still an incredibly difficult thing. So Mike, that means that whatever this process has become is it's not working. Comedy by committee. Yeah. I mean, I think if they're trying to redress the balance, which is perfectly right and perfectly understandable, the world is different from the world of you know that in which Monty Python emerged in the late sixties, early seventies then that's a very commendable and, and valuable thing that they're doing. I just sort of think this sort of blanket statement, oh, we would never commission this. I mean, they should, you know, something like Monty Python, if it were to come along today, should just be considered on the same level. As far as most people's idea of fairness would be that anything that comes along gets considered and the same value judgments applied to it as anything else. You know, so in other words... You know, the diversity thing, the danger is that you become so obsessed with it that you lose sight of the ultimate purpose of yeah. what you're commissioning. Yeah, I know. And it's very awkward, I suppose, if you are the, the, the sort of state broadcaster, effectively, which is what the BBC is, because it can't really be too edgy anymore. I think we've lost a lot of the edge in comedy and, and real comedy now goes on in comedy clubs yes, and uh, at the Edinburgh Festival and that kind of thing because people are so easily offended. I mean, I was told by a, a guy that I know who works in TV that Little Britain wouldn't even get commissioned no. now. And that was only a few years ago. Well, in the follow-up, Come Fly With Me, which is set in an yeah. airport. I saw that on a bit of that on YouTube. You just, it doesn't... You just go, wow, you, you can't have to believe go it. Back very long to <laughs> sort of look, and that's how quickly attitudes yeah. are changed. And most of that, yes, I think, you know, it was hard to to argue with it but as you rightly say i i very rarely actually physically laugh out loud there's any no other way of laughing than out loud but um you can at, laugh at, inwardly mike you should, li- you? you should listen to this show more that's true then um when i'm watching tv i go to a comedy club and you experience a, a comedy on you know if you get a good act on a completely different yeah. level because the shackles are off and it's a it's a it's raw and it's honest and it's sort of you know i hate the word interactive but you know because there's a live audience there that, that affects the dynamic of the whole thing and sometimes you look at comedy on tv 
and and uh, you just almost question what the point of it it's is. It's just lame, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> that's the, I mean, I was saying to Julia earlier, I don't really watch much TV, and it's not by accident. It's you know, I'll watch kind of the odd series on Netflix and stuff like that. Yeah. You don't, but, you well, don't like Mrs. Brown, then? I, I hate Mrs. Brown. I just don't like it. I that's don't like the ultimate opinion divider, yeah. isn't it? I mean, yeah. I don't like almost everything that's on television. Strangely enough, I mean, I, <laughs> I watch Question Time just because I can't believe how bad it is. You know, oh, I watch the change. news because uh, it annoys me, particularly Channel Four. Um, and apart from that, most of everything else I watch is, is a, a crime show or some kind of, you know, series that's on. I'm watching Fowder at the moment on Netflix, which is really good. Yes. Right. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think a lot of people and, and the, the, when you when you look at how many people used to watch TV, um, you know, 27 million high for an EastEnders episode, mm. you know, that has shrunk massively. And there's no accident that it's just not as good. Well, Mike, sorry, Mike, you're a, you're a, a TV writer and a critic uh, for the Daily Star. If I was to wave my magic Bradbury wand and give you the job of uh, being uh, uh, head of head of comedy uh, at the BBC, how would you change the commissioning process? Uh, how would you sort of broaden it out? And what do you think people are? You you write about this every day. What what are people responding to and loving now on from a comedy point of oh, view? Oh, I think I think it's almost an, an impossible job. If I'm honest, I mean, one of the the uh, the comedies that's been mentioned. Um, in, uh, in in this sort of uh, uh, speech that he gave, um, Shane Allen gave about the comedy, which is what this quote was taken from, mm. was um, uh, this country, the BBC Three uh, thing set in the uh, in the West Country, which was um, it's hard to describe to anyone who hasn't seen it, but it, it's it's utterly hilarious and has, it, but but it's sort of at the same time, it's you know it's got plaudits, it's got awards, but. I reckon I could walk into my local pub and hardly anyone would have heard of it because we, we, everything is so fragmented now. This is the problem. Mm. You know, you've got TV, you've got a sort of comedy that appeals to BBC Three viewers, which is an online thing anyway. You've got classic comedy sort of being dug up on, you know, repeated on BBC Two. You've got lame sort of sort of middle brow attempts at comedy on BBC One, none of which really, really do anything that, that makes you think, wow, this is groundbreaking. This, this, is, this is really pushing the boundaries. This is making us laugh and making us think so it's just sort of padding everything feels like padding i mean that presumably explains also the rise of the reality tv show i remember having a a chat once with the guy that runs channel five and he said basically if i could i'd just put big brother on 24 7 yeah well now it'd be love island well now it'd be love island yeah but i mean that's that's what that's what reality shows i suppose are for because you don't have to try too hard you can blame everything on them uh, it's nothing to do with anybody actually writing anything, and and, and you know everybody's happy. Well, you if see, you take take out the soaps, the reality shows, and and at the moment a lot of quite a lot of football, it, it, there isn't a lot left. Sometimes you're left with some very good walking shows. But very actually, I was going to ask shows. you, Junior, whether whether your household is a World Cup household or a Love Island. Well, household. you see, I'm I'm not a footy. I'm not a football no, person. Okay, um, and I'm in charge of the remote control. I, so I'm afraid. Sounds no. very undemocratic in and your house. And also, we're not a Love Island. I can't, I just can't sit I around can't. and watch stupid I watched people the talking first, about things I watched they don't the first uh, uh, episode just because we were going to talk about yeah. it the next day. I've never seen anything so banal and brainless in my life. And in fact, I could feel the brains being sucked out of my ears as I was watching it. <laughs> and an interesting point about that is that the Love Island opening episode yeah. got more viewers yeah. than BBC One on its opening night. Yes. And it's on a satellite channel, you mm. know, the ITV2. I know. So just looking back at this story about uh, about um, comedy on the BBC, Ofcom last year told the BBC to improve its television comedy because viewers regarded the national broadcaster shows as too traditional and risk-adverse. So new comedy commissions unveiled include a Lenny Henry birthday special uh, hosted by Sir Trevor MacDonald. Is that is that cutting edge? Um, 
God, and no risk averse. Dear God. And a live Halloween episode of Inside Number Nine, right. uh, which is the anthology series created by Steve Pemberton and Rhys Shearsmith from the League of Gentlemen. Mm. See, the League of Gentlemen was quite racy in yeah. its time, wasn't it? I mean, I'm not even sure maybe uh, if that would be as successful now if they put it on. Well, it did come back on. Um, it did, uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and yes, it, it does. Again, that sort of you know, breaks new ground. I think that sometimes, you know, some of the quotes this guy's come out with, things like comedy representing the nation. Well, I know what he's getting at. And mm. again, I, I understand the sentiments and they're coming from a good place. But com- I don't sit and sit, watch comedy and think, is it representing me? But I that's mean, why I don't it's watch not League funny. Of, League of Gentlemen doesn't yeah. represent me. Or, I don't know, Red Dwarf. I don't think many space pilots watch that and think, well, that's not what it's like at all. <laughs> you know, well, that's the thing, isn't it? That's why, as you said earlier, comedy c- constructed by committee is a waste of time. Yes, as are most things. Well, indeed. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, you know, I've always said a benign dictatorship is a very, very good thing. That's exactly what this shows. It's time for you to go, Mike. Thank you very much. Mike Ward, TV writer and critic for The Daily Star. Across the UK, online and on DAB. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Dangerous mid-morning debate with the great. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Dictator. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Now, uh, you may have seen a picture today, guys. In fact, we've just tweeted it out on the Talk Radio account uh, of these male rowers, the Warwick rowers, as they are known. Uh, they've raised thousands of pounds for good causes uh, in the tradition of the Calendar Girls, who were originally uh, the, the WI, the Women's Institute people, who they made a movie out of, of course. Uh, Julia also has, uh, they've also put your picture out, by the way. Great. Uh, which is Julia <laughs> protected only by a few bottles, uh, empty plastic bottles, to, uh, uh, to promote her saving the planet plan mm. uh, and stop everybody using one use only plastic uh, we're going to talk now to angus malcolm uh, who is the photographer uh, of this particular warwick rowers calendar and uh, he also founded the project as well angus a very good um, afternoon to you good afternoon to you mike well thank you and very Julia. much hello hello thank hello, you very angus. much indeed for joining us now this has turned into a kind of censorship story hasn't it in a way because instagram yes. um, has this kind of view of male and female nudity which appears to be slightly different 
Yes, well, that's certainly how it looks to us. It's very hard to know because Instagram's not very transparent about their policies. Mm. But um, we have noticed that images of female nudity, which are actually a lot more sexualized than the content that we produce, get left up on Instagram, while our posts over the last few months have been taken down within minutes, right. uh, much to the frustration of the rowers who manage our social media as volunteers. So, very annoying. It is annoying. And, I mean, that is the problem with a lot of these online businesses. There's nobody... You, can, you can't sort of ring anybody up and ask them what's going on, can you? You really, really can't. And what we did in the end with Instagram was we drafted a statement, sent it to their press office and said, you know, we're, a, we're essentially a media campaign. Yeah. Um, and we would love to talk to your department about how we can resolve this amicably. We want to understand what's going on. Instagram's incredibly important to how we get our message out around the world. We have 180,000 followers. That's a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And we had no response. So in the end, we released the statement to the press, and miraculously, um, within 20 minutes of the Times... Um, receiving the press release from uh, from us, Instagram sent us a rather mealy-mouthed email saying, oh, any technical problems you may have been experiencing with your account have been resolved. <laughs> oh, great. So, ah, so now yes. everybody can see the pictures again. Absolutely. So we are back online, um, but for us it's not the end of the story because um, it has really for us flagged up a big issue here, which you, you've mentioned. These are proprietary systems of communication, um, and they're not free. Um, there is no transparency about what will or will not be accepted. Um, Instagram say that there are issues with nudity. They, they try to define what sort of nudity is acceptable. Yeah. Uh, without, without being explicit, our nudity does not fall within those restrictions, and yet we get removed. Now, either there is some sort of bias against looking at men hmm. rather than women. And they're very fine-looking men, if you don't mind me saying so. Well, you know, we, we, try, to, we try to make it entertaining as well as, yeah. as, well as educational. And um, so, <laughs> but we, we also want the men to have natural body hair because for us, that's part of tackling this culture of body shaming right. and inadequacy that a lot of people feel in the airbrushed, super glossy world of the Kardashians, yes. for want of a better word. So you, sorry, so you think the hair has got something to do with it? As in chest, yeah, do, chest, hair, and, chest hair and leg hair? Yeah. Gosh, that's and interesting, isn't it? the hair in between the chest and the legs. You think that's where the problem might arise. <laughs> right. Yeah, but you don't show that bit particularly. Well, we, we don't show the bits, but you can, you can sometimes see a little bit of the hair. We wonder if that might be a problem. Yeah. Well, I'm, I was saying, I'm looking for it now, and yeah. I just can't oh, you, see You're it. zooming in, are you? <laughs> I mean, one of the things, for example, that I found incredible, I was working for Associated Newspapers at one time, uh, doing some of their, one of their magazines, and they had a new um, sort of policy on on what pictures could be passed around. And, and it was effectively, it was a sort of a filter to try and stop people looking at pornography. And what it meant right. was, was that any picture which showed an exp- uh, you know, what would be an unusual expanse of skin was immediately yeah. blocked. So, but the problem was, yeah. was that we found we couldn't actually transmit normal kind of fashion pictures or pictures of somebody's face because it would block it and you couldn't actually get anywhere near it. So I wonder if they're yeah. using you know, some kind of filter which is judging the picture. Well, if they are, they've somehow managed to create algorithms that um, allow um, sort of um, 
female nudity over male nudity. Yeah, yeah um, I, <laughs> I have to say, I have to agree with you, Angus, because we, we, we began talking about this this morning, mm. Mike and I, earlier on. When, when I saw your this story in, in The Times, which has obviously done what you needed it to do, which is to get Instagram yes, to, to respond, I said I'm, the reason I was interested in it as a story is how come you were blocked from Instagram when my, my new photograph trying to highlight plastic usage wasn't? Uh, you know, I, I didn't receive any, any negative uh, impact or feedback and my account didn't get closed down from Instagram for, I would say, a comparable mm. set of images. You've, yeah. got, you've got lots of them. I've only got one. But... but in terms of the coverage, um, what you could see of me versus what you can see of, uh, of, of the rowers, it didn't make any sense to me. No. No. Well, it, it doesn't make sense to us either. And um, we are now basically calling on Instagram to be more transparent with us um, because we believe there's a problem here. We believe that the problem could be at a personal individual level where people's own prejudices and um, cultural uh, references are, are coming into play. Um, and, um, and, and if that is the case, then Instagram should want to work with the community to eradicate those imbalances and, and biases from their process. No, I think I absolutely agree. We've got a, a caller, actually, Angus, who wants to talk to you. Jenny uh, is in Milton Keynes and wants to give you the benefit of her opinion of this. Jenny, very good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Mike. Thank you very much for holding. Sorry to keep you waiting. What would you like to say to Angus? Have you seen the picture? Oh, I've got it right in front of me. Have you? And believe it or not, page three of the Times. I know, it's a shocking <laughs> band page three nakedness is what I say. Yeah. Well, you've got to look at it another way. Go on. Um, there's a splendid building in the back. Looks yes. very English. Hedges neatly clipped. A lovely green sward <laughs> that they're standing on. And these are the flower of British manhood. Oh, I love that expression, How very poetic, Jenny. Jenny. Yes, what do you fact, make of that, you Angus? Say, you could say Absolutely agree. the darling buds of May, these flowers. They are the darling buds of June. Yeah, they oh, are. Very splendid they are. And you can see the same thing if you go to any museum in the world. Mm. Yes, museum. finely sculpted male bodies. You're absolutely right. Yes, I call it the the male human landscape, and yeah. very pleasant it is. Yes, indeed. Yes, you don't you don't see much of it around these days, I have to say. No, unfortunately. Jenny, can I ask you a question? Would Would you and do you feel the same about female nudity when it's expressed in a similar way, in how I would describe it, sort of an artistic, perhaps humorous as well, but on a, on an artistic form? I got some flack, not a lot, but some flack from women going, "Oh, I can't believe you've taken your clothes off to talk about yeah. plastic," and and you you know you I thought you were an intelligent woman and and I I, I obviously I, I batted off the uh, the insults and the criticism by going back to the message of plastic and it got people talking about it do you feel any differently I think that as, as long as they are tastefully posed and they don't breach the guidelines now Facebook here says it forbids pictures of sexual intercourse genitals mm. and close-ups of fully male uh, sorry nude buttocks now, they don't buttocks. mention female oh, breasts. I didn't know that about Facebook. Yes, those are the same. In, those are the same guidelines that Instagram used. Is it? Okay. Yeah. But you're but yeah. you're but you're not you're not breaching those, are you? As far as I can see. No, we're, we're we absolutely are not. Um, but I do want to agree with Jenny um, uh, on the point that she made uh, earlier. I mean, the, the whole idea of the Warwick Rowers um, calendar project is that this is a celebration of healthy masculinity. These are a celebration of sporting values, sportsmanship, um, and in the 21st century, one of the contributions that 
male athletes can make in the era of Time's Up and Me Too um, and LGBT rights and debate around gender is to say we respect everyone um, and we respect everyone's rights and everyone's identity and that's what the world war is doing. Absolutely right. Well, listen, both of you, Angus, thank you very much indeed. Angus Malcolm, they're the producer of the calendar. Uh, where can you get the calendar, Angus, if people want to go and buy it? WarwickRowers.org, our online shop. It's open right now. There you go. Excellent. And Jenny, thank you very much indeed for your call. Jenny there uh, in Milton Keynes. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio, via DAB, online or via the Talk Radio app. If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.